Hello and welcome to the Connect the Dots podcast. Connect the Dots takes the time to explore some of my personal deep thought-provoking questions. Uh, We learn more about neurodiversity together. I bring interviews from a variety of individuals on a variety of subjects, and we learn how to navigate the workplace. Through all of this, we are connecting the dots and bringing a beautiful journey together. My name is Heather, and I am your host. My pronouns are she and her. I am a white female with short strawberry blonde hair. I am wearing red glasses. Today, I am wearing a white t-shirt. I sit in front of a teal wall that is covered with different pieces of art. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, If this is your first time here, welcome, welcome. Happy to have you. If you're a returning guest, welcome back. I appreciate it. Uh, If you're just listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, uh, this video podcast, sorry, all the words. Man, I made it so far. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, I do have this podcast available on YouTube if you want to see the video portion, Uh, but no matter where you are listening or watching, your time is very appreciated and I am very thankful for you. Today, I am sharing the conversation that I had with Krista Hutchins. She and I met at Ballistum back in late 2019, and we finally were able to get together to chat. Mostly my fault, Um, because... I kept forgetting to send her an invite and then pandemic and then yeah, all of that. So, um, but when I met Krista, I was instantly drawn to her because of her passion for God and for helping others and just the way that she kind of carried herself and the way that she spoke, um, really just kind of drew me in. And I was like, I want to know more about Krista. I want to know more about her journey and what she does and how she's helping people. And that's what led us here. Um, This conversation does cover things from project management to leaning into your calling to managing your time and more. So I really hope that you enjoy our conversation. Well, Krista, welcome to the Connect the Dots podcast. I'm so glad we finally got together. Thanks for having me. (laughs) This has been an interview Mm, like two years in the making almost three right because we met at the I was thinking about that this morning we met at the Blistem conference in like the fall of 2019 so almost three years three years oh (laughs) god uh so I will take 100% fault for that hey there's no fault there's no shame in the game right now (laughs) things have been crazy the last few years something happened for two years you know for the past two years I don't know but uh, there's something uh but I'm really excited I remember when I met you and like first talked to you I think if we were at like an after party Mm -hmm. and you were talking about like project management and all of this which oddly enough I was not in that field directly at that point but I am now which is is kind of crazy the way life takes you um but I just remember being fascinated by your story and all the things that you do um and so I'm not going to tell it for you because you're it's your story so Mm -hmm. I want to know obviously it's been almost three years since we've seen each other but like what have you been up to kind of give us your background uh tell the people of that listen here uh a little bit more about you Okay, well, I am an empty nest mom and wife and uh, 
friend and worker. Um, I work full-time in the engineering and construction industry as a project manager. I have for uh, what, 35 years or so. Um, and I've been in that industry. And then a few years ago, um, I actually probably six or seven years ago, God really put it on my heart through a lot of other circumstances to um, start using my project management skills to serve his girls. That was really pretty much the only instruction he gave me at the time was serve my girls. And so I uh, started reaching out to other women that I knew who were very, very creative, but tend to struggle with the um, logical thinking part, the, the linear thinking and the planning. And they were just really frustrated with where they were in their own uh, ministries and businesses. And so I started reaching out to them and working with them to help them put the simple structures and strategies in place that they needed to grow. And so I've been doing that in addition to my full-time job, um, in addition to um, my family growing and having a grandchild and all those things that life brings us. Um, so I've been doing that for several years and, and I love serving God's girls in that way. You know, whenever I, I met you and then just also now following you for the past three years on mm -hmm. social, I've always been so impressed with how you do manage everything and and obviously right in social media we see the highlights <laughs> but right but it's um but you you put everything out in such a way that it's like okay this seems very doable this seems very manageable it you know you you talk through some of the struggles i've listened to um some of the podcasts which i'll we'll mm -hmm. talk about the podcast in a minute but um you know, you, you do present the way, like the way to kind of do all of these things in such a, what is the word I'm looking for? Like a loving, <laughs> careful, um, curated way that it's not overwhelming. And I think I've, I've found that a lot in my life of these, of when people come and they say, oh, I have this thing that'll help you like do, you know, coordinate and, and, you know, organize. And then it's just so overwhelming. And so the things that I've seen you bring to the table are not, they are simple and easy. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that, that I really try to do, especially because I do speak to, speak to and work with a lot of creatives, a lot of writers and podcasters and speakers, and, and they are naturally resistant to a lot of structure and complication that boxes them in and it cuts off their creativity. So I, uh, I come from a, a creative background. My dad is a writer. Uh, I, so I've had some creativity in my family. And so I, I'm able to bridge that gap between the project management world that has, as you know, now a lot of structure and a lot of systems and a lot of processes to the creative world and bring just enough of that to them so that they can have some structure and know where to work and, and where not to, but also not feel blocked in and caged in. So I kind of try to hit that sweet spot between the two extremes um, so to allow them to do what God has called them to do in the most effective way that they can without shutting down their creative gifts. I love that. 
So walk me through a little bit of kind of like the, the timeline of, of like how you got started. So you felt this, you know, you, you felt called uh, to, to help God's girls and, and kind of what, like that stirring started and kind of take us on this journey of, of from then to now. So like I said, I've been working in the, in the construction industry, project management um, and engineering for my entire career. Um, and I did very well in it. I was, I came up during a time when there were not a lot of women in the field. And so pretty much any woman who had some sense in the field, <laughs> they would like, oh, yay, we can work with her. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I got promotions and I got bigger projects and bigger projects and moved up into management and had, you know, large teams that reported to me. And as I was doing that, one thing I learned about myself is that uh, I'm not great at being like the number one. I'm much better in that trusted number two role because I don't play the pop politics very well I don't play the I don't I'm not hard enough I'm kind of I'm, I'm an open book I'm too honest sometimes for that for that world and it really impacted my career I got stopped at a certain level because I just couldn't operate in that world very well and it was about that time that um, my kids were getting older. My daughter was about to get married. My son was in high school and so our late high school. And we were, I was just kind of praying and like, Lord, all right, I'm coming to this time. All of these years I've worked and I've been involved in their lives. I've been involved in church and done the youth group thing and traveled with them on sports events and things like that. Um, but now that season is coming to an end. What do I do now? Where, what do you want me to do now? And he led me to, um, to serve as a, a small group leader for Proverbs 31 ministries, online Bible studies. And so I just laughed at that because, you know, having come through a, a world of being the only female at the table for most of my career, I was intimidated by large groups of women and I didn't like working with women. And, uh, and so if you had told me that, you know, this point in my life, I would be this far involved in working with women leaders and, and women creatives, I would have laughed at you because I was terrified of that idea, but God had some other plans. And so I started being a, a volunteer there and over the course of um, of a couple of years, I began to see how God was able to use my gifts in um, in helping that organization, that part of the organization grow with some systems and structures and figuring out and doing things and just figuring figuring out how to do things that they wanted to do. Um, I think for a long time, I really separated my gifts and my professional world from ministry because I saw them as two completely different things. You know, ministry is leading Bible study and working in the nursery and youth group and all those things that we um, that we do at, at church and ministry environments. But I didn't really see that my professional skills could be used in ministry. And that was the light bulb that went off and that started, started me down the path to um, wanting to serve women um, as as a, as a project manager and accountability coach for them. So that's kind of how it all got started. 
Oh, I, I got some nuggets from there that I, I'm going to come back to. I don't want to get to them right now, but I'm like, Ooh, I relate to these things and I want to ask more about it. Uh, so, um, but I want to, I want to talk a little bit before I get into those questions. So I know right after we met, um, I bought one, uh, I bought, um, the move. Now I've lost the name of it. The move forward journal. journal. Move yeah. forward okay. journal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I was like, is that right? It didn't sound right in my head for a second. Yeah. So, uh, like I purchased that and I think that's, it, it's super good. So tell me a little bit about like how you came up with that idea and cause it's still, it's still available. I yes, see it right. Okay. It is. Yeah. Yeah. There's research, two right? versions, two versions <laughs> available now. Yeah. Yeah. That was sort of my pandemic project. Um, I've never been a journal journaler. I like the concept of journaling, but I don't like the act of journaling and like, like sitting down and writing all those words. I've always said, I'm not a fluffy word person. I don't have a lot of words. And so, you know, I tend to be very direct and just, you know, just put it out there. And so um, during the pandemic though, I found that my, um, you know, my brain was full of all kinds of thoughts and ideas and just concerns and all, just like we all were kind of uncertainties and those kind of things. And it was literally keeping me up at night. Um, and I had heard Pastor Craig Groeschel talk on several podcasts or even at um, Global Leadership Summit the year before, talk about how he enjoyed using a five-year line-a-day journal that has a page for every day of the year, and you just write a sentence or two every day. And over the course of you know three years, five years, you see God's faithfulness working through your life in that way. Um, and I, being the impatient person that I am, I'm like, okay, I love that concept of just writing a few words, but um, I can't wait three or five years to finish to, to, you know, really see the benefit of this. That's not my nature. And so I, um, I created the Move Forward Journal, which is a one-year journal that has a page for every day of the month. And every month you cycle through the journal and write just a, a few sentences on each day's page. And so I found that that was a really easy way for me to journal. There's not much space. It's you know, intentionally small, but it's enough for me to write what's on my mind. As I lay down the, to go to bed at night, um, it's the last thing that I do, grab my journal, write just a few sentences. And I feel like when I, when I write whatever is on my head, I just am them able to close the journal, put it in the drawer by my bedside and just leave it there with the Lord. And then I'm able to sleep. And so it, it really made a huge difference in my ability to sleep. Um, it is really cool to see after you get about four or five months in, you can see what you've written on that day, all the other months. And, um, and you see things that were like, Oh my goodness, what that was a huge deal then. And look how far God's brought us in just a few months. Or, you know, I didn't I didn't realize the seed that God was planting then, but I can see it now. And it's really cool to see those patterns across develop across each month. So it's been a fun project. There there are two versions of it available now, and um, and I've enjoyed uh, keeping that up. That's awesome. That's I, I remember you going through the process and sharing it on Instagram. And, mm -hmm. and that's one of those things, like in my head, I'm like, if you ever had that idea, I had no idea where to start. Right. <laughs> so yeah. like, I think it's, I, I love to see 
that process and see again where God brings you and then the people he connects you with and then how and how this moves um yeah I think that's one of the difficulties of teaching people who don't think like a project manager teaching them project management skills that they can use because it's abstract to them and it's hard to grab onto it but something like that part of the intentionality of that was letting people follow me through on a project and how did I figure out how to um, how to design it, how to get it printed, what kind of paper I wanted on the cover. How did I go through all of those steps and uh, and let people kind of experience the management of a project? And then it, the light bulbs begin to come on that number one, it's not so hard. It's not, it's not anything that's really crazy wild that you have to have some kind of certification to do or anything like that. Um, it's just really helps taking whatever you're doing, breaking it down into logical steps and then following it one step at a time. I love that. I think for me in, in the project management world, it's like, I, I do, I can do the process and then it's the fact of like going back and like, okay, now wait, I have to write it down. Like, so somebody else right. can do it. Right. Uh, cause, cause in with project management, I, I build programs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's lots of overlap here. So I'm building something and then I have to like walk it backwards and say, Oh, wait a minute. Like somebody else is going to have to do this too. Like right. now let me write out the project plan of like how this happens. Um, and that's, hard <laughs> yeah it can be it can be hard to reconstruct your steps and write those out so someone else can follow it um but uh, as most project managers and, and people like me are i love setting up the system i hate following the system so i'm all about setting up the system for you to follow <laughs> I feel this I, I i i think i feel that i understand this very much like like yes i can make all of these things happen and i can maybe and i can eventually write it all down for you yeah, yeah. i probably will write down something different than i've actually done mm. <laughs> so uh hopefully i write it down better and yeah. in a better way <laughs> But I mean, that kind of is another different point. I mean, yeah, I mean, I joke about saying I, I set up systems and let other people follow them, but I do have systems of my own that I follow. And I think that's part of, of every person's journey as they're going through, whether it's a, you know, a career um, as an entrepreneur or in their job is that, you know, you don't have to use every system. You don't have to use everybody else's system. Um, Just because I know what works for different types of processes doesn't mean that they work for me or that I need to use them in my own business. And so it's all about helping people find the systems and the processes that really solve the most difficult, the most painful problems for them. And then let the other ones go. If, if it's not a problem area for you, you don't necessarily need a system for it. Right. So, um, so that's part of, part of that journey is learning, uh, what things we need to really focus on and what things we can let go. I like that thought. It's yeah. The systems aren't for everybody, everybody, and everybody's right. going to have their own and, and tweak it a little bit here and there. What works right. for them. Exactly. Um, and that's a good reminder. I feel like sometimes you look on social media and it's, 
it's very cookie care. You must do it this way. You must right. do this. You must do like, no, you, you don't. You can, yeah. you can make your own way. You can, you can take suggestions from multiple areas and yeah. Or you can take your- a, you can take the basis of a process and then make it your own. And that's one thing I really love with the people who are in my group coaching program. I have a system that I teach them and then they submit it every month for me to review and, and give them some feedback on. Um, and so I love seeing how they're using it. They use it in such creative ways that I never thought of. And it's just really cool to see each person use it for what they need instead of for what I needed when I created it. Wow, I like that. So tell me more about when did you start this the group coaching? Tell me more about this. Um, that's been going on for, I think we're in our fourth year. So it's called the move forward mastermind. And, um, it's a group program for Christian women who are in business or ministry or really trying to create some plans around, um, reaching their goals and completing their projects. And so in the group, I teach, um, my move forward method, which is my basic planning method to set your goals and make your plans for the year and the month and the week. And then we also have monthly themes where we learn different project management skills or principles kind of um, structured for the solopreneur, solo ministry leader uh, person, or even I've had women who are in the corporate world who've been in the work in the, in the membership just to help them get more organized and more, um, intentional about their plans and, and reaching their goals. So it's a fun, fun group. And we, uh, we have guest experts and group coaching and all that kind of thing. So it's fun. Very cool. And then other resources that you have, right. I'd mentioned earlier, the podcast and that came out. Was that, that's fairly new, right? Like just about a year. We just celebrated the one year anniversary in March. So the, just one simple thing podcast is uh, goals, plans, and strategies for the Christian creative. And it is, um, they're short episodes, usually around 10 minutes. And we focus on one topic, not a lot of fluff, not a whole lot of chit, no chit chat. Cause I don't do interviews. It's all solo podcasts. Um, and so no chit chat, no fluff, just kind of get into the heart of one, just one issue that you may be facing and then give you one simple action step to do at the end um, so that you can implement what you've heard, not nine or 10 or a hundred ideas, but just a few. And then one simple action step to, to take, take your next steps forward. I like that. It's opposite of what this current podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> And again, Heather, it's the same thing. It's all about what works for you, right? And for the people that you're trying to serve. (laughs) I never wanted to do a podcast. I had been on podcasts. I had been on podcasts like this as a guest. And I had that in my brain that all podcasts had to be like this. So, you know, 45 minute to an hour interview. And I knew that took a lot of editing and all of that stuff. And I had no desire to do that, but a a business coach, I was actually, I was coaching with Allie Worthington at the time. (laughs) And she told me, she said, Krista, you have to have a podcast. And I wanted to stick needles in my eyes. Like the, the thought of that was horrible. Um, but she said, you can do it your way. You can make it short, 10 minutes, one thing, just one thing, not a whole bunch of things, no interviews, do it your way so that you can get your message out there in this medium. That is the hot way to share your message right now. So what 
what works for my podcast is not what works for yours, but that's what's great is that people like all different styles and they all bring value to our audiences. And so there's no, again, there's no shame in the game, right? There's no shame in saying, Oh, I like having a 45 minute interview podcast or, Oh my goodness, if it's more than 10 minutes, I'll never listen to it. You know, it's (laughs) whatever floats your boat. Right. And there are options out there for all those different things. So find what works for you. Find where you're learning, find where you're growing, find where you resonate with the people around you. And that's where you're going to get the most benefit out of the millions of resources that are out there. I like, I like the, the size of your podcast, like just how the short bits, right? Because it's mm-hmm. something like for me when I'm in between, uh, you know, if I'm putting on my makeup, cause like typically like my husband's asleep when I'm getting up and ready. And so I put my AirPods in mm-hmm. and, and just shut out the whole world. So I don't make noise for him, but I'm in the bedroom, right? I'm putting on my makeup. I'm usually listening to something. And, uh, you know, a 10 minute podcast gets me through the makeup routine. It gets me right. dry in my hair. Like, so I can take in those quick bites. And so I like that. Um, this podcast has been all over the place, right? It's, it's just right. come back. Um, I did the hundred days of podcast, which I tried to keep to 15 minutes or less. I didn't always succeed <laughs> <laughs> with that goal. Uh, but then coming back and getting back into the regular weekly flow, I, found that my podcasts tend to be a little bit longer um, mm-hmm. because I'm diving a little deeper than I used to uh, yeah. because in the hundred days like I found that that was something I really enjoyed is just diving really deep getting a lot of information and then sharing it um, but I, I love that there is this you can you can have it all you not everybody again has to be the cookie cutter Right. There's a place for, for all of it. There's a place for all of it in the, so, you know, if people are considering podcasting or business or whatever, you can do it your way. There's not a one size fits all. So So I want to hear a little bit more about kind of the, a little bit more of your God story, right? Like Mm -hmm. how, how he has helped you kind of shape you know, shape this uh, ministry that you have over the last, you know, six or so years? Yeah, I, it's been really interesting, you know, because God has definitely shown up um, and has led me with different connections and things like that, that he's given me. Um, I think, you know, like I said, the big aha moment for me was that what I considered my professional gifts and talents and somehow sometimes had even kind of minimized in ministry because when I come in and want to make everything a a system or want to make everything step by step and people resist that and it makes me feel like there's something wrong with me in the ministry world because because I'm not like the other people that I'm around you know I kind of so I had always tried to minimize that side of me in outside of my work um, but God really freed me up from that in this process and showed me how those gifts and talents and skills are so needed um, in the ministry as well as in the workplace. And so it's all the same thing. When God gives us gifts and skills and talents, he doesn't intend for us to isolate them into one little area of our lives. He expects us to use those wherever he leads us to serve. And so that was the big aha moment for me that really made a difference as I just began walking this path. And then 
um, about three, it was really funny because when I started the business almost seven years ago, I thought, okay, three years, I want to do this for three years and hopefully I can grow it big enough to quit my job and, um, and not have to work full time anymore. And sure enough, three years in, I was able to quit the job that I was working, but it was only to go get a different job. <laughs> but the new, <laughs> So it wasn't exactly the way I thought it was going to work, but the new job gave me more freedom. Um, it gave me just a different structure to my week and a different um, level of mental engagement I had to be in at work that left a lot more left over at the end of the day and the week for my ministry work and for me to work on my business and build my business. So I'm still working full time, but it's in a different capacity and it's in a different way that God has created the space for me to do to do this. Now I'm in a season right now where he has squeezed me up a little bit again for another year, year and a half or so. Um, but again, that is forcing me to make good decisions about what I can and can't do. It's um, requiring me to really think about, you know, just because she's doing it doesn't mean that I have to do it. And, it, and it's really causing me to um, be confident that what I have is valuable, even when I don't have time to really promoted and make it grow in the way that I know it could. So I'm just thankful for what um, God's given me to, to look at and to do. And I, um, I'm thankful for the women who allow me to walk along in their journey with them. It's beautiful, Krista. It's beautiful. It touches my heart. <laughs> it really does. I, I love hearing those stories. And I, and I think because when I hear those stories, like I try to, I try to think like to, to my life and, and try to figure out like, okay, like what is, you know, where have I seen God and felt God and lead me into, into do things. And, and so it's very, I don't want to say it's scary to think about, but it's, it, it kind of like, for me, I'm like, I guess I'm scared to say, oh, did he tell me that? Because then mm -hmm. if I don't do it, am I not living in like, there there's this just kind of fear of if I'm not living up to what God has for me. Um, but I'm trying, I'm working on it. Right. Uh, right. And that's really all that he asks of us, right. Is to, is to serve his people, right. To go, how can we serve his people? How can we delight in the people that God has put in front of us and, uh, and enjoy working with them and yes, being visible and being out there to, to bring more people into our audience and to our sphere of influence and impact, but really to focus on delighting in the people. That's a, a verse that I, I read in, I think Isaiah 65 or 68 this week. I can't remember, but God talks about delighting in his people. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to delight in the people that God has brought me and enjoy working with them and enjoy seeing the success that they, um, that they get because they've used my resources or coaching or whatever. Um, and, and be able to delight in the people. Oh, I love, I love that thought. That's, I just love the word delight. That's yes. one of my favorite words. Anytime I see that in the Bible, it like catches my eye because I love that word. I, I, I like this. I think I'm going to adopt this word as well. Um, so when you were talking at the beginning, there were a couple of things that you said that I wanted to come back to that, mm. that resonated with me. And you said that when you were kind of coming up and, and you had led teams and stuff, but you figured out that you'd like to play 
the the number two position. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to be there in the league because you didn't want to play office politics. I'm I get this 100. Like I'm terrible at this game. <laughs> terrible at that, <laughs> especially if especially in places that are a little more on the toxic side where you right. where you have to play that game a little bit like yeah, more that, it, i found it in the organization that i was in where i was working the higher i got the more toxic it got you know it seemed everything seemed you know peachy and rosy and oh you know very positive and everything at the lower levels as i was coming up but then once i crossed a certain threshold it was like oh here's what's been going on behind the scenes all these years and i didn't have any idea so and i just it did it just all felt yuck to me and I couldn't do it very well. And, and because I couldn't do it very well, it impacted my career. And, um, and so I like, okay, yeah, that's not for me yeah. and that's okay. So what kind of like guidance or advice, um, words of wisdom do you have for people that maybe get to that point and they're, they're in that kind of like toxic work environment where they're like, this is not what I thought it was. I don't want to be, I don't want to be here. What, um, what got you through that? Um, well, I think having something that I did love and I was passionate about on the side really helped me. And, and so that's one of the reasons that I always start out by saying that I'm an empty nest mom, because people like you said, they look at me and they say, Oh, how does she do all this? Well, it's because I don't have any kids at home. Um, my husband has a shop and so he's at work on the weekends when I'm home. So I have a lot of free time, um, outside of my job that that's what I do all of this in. And so you find whatever that is that does bring you passion and brings you joy and fills you up because the workplace drains you so much in that toxic environment. So whether that's your family, whether it's serving in your church or having a business or having a home life or hobbies or whatever it is, you have to find something that fills you up. Because if you just go through the day and get drained at work and then you come home and you just collapse out of exhaustion, mental, emotional, physical exhaustion, and never get filled back up, that's a recipe for complete disaster. So you have to make the effort, even though I know it's hard, you come home and you're just, your brain is not even wanting to think about anything else, but just force yourself through that transition into something that's going to fill you up. And that will help you help sustain you as you try to craft a way out. And my way out took me several years to find the right other opportunity that provided the financial stability and all those things that was going to get me out of that situation. It took me, you know, two or three years actually before I was in, I could move on from that place. But, uh, but, but during that time, I had something that I was really passionate about that was filling me up and allowed me to wait it out until I was able to get out. Well, that's a, that's a really, I really like that advice. Have that, have that other piece of you that you can, you can pour into and you can Mm -hmm. focus on to take your mind off of, off of whatever's happening that maybe is not a good place. Right. The other thing you said in there that I resonated with was when you talked about when you started with Proverbs 31, volunteering Mm -hmm. there, being intimidated, working with women. Mm. I, I resonate with 100% because when I was coming up in my career, I was usually the youngest person at the table. Mm -hmm. 
usually the only woman at the table um, when I was in sales and um, management and, and things. So very much I I understand the, that thought about um, like now, like maybe not so much now, but when I was transitioning into a, into a workspace where more women were, um, it's it can feel very, there's a lot of tension, a lot of cattiness, um, that can happen. Yeah. Um, and so tell me a a little bit like that transition, like what are some of the things that helped you when you, when you got into that space, helped you like realize like, wait, I don't need to be intimidated here. Like this is a safe space for me. Yeah, I think um, a couple of things. One was in in my work environment. It was right about the time when diversity and inclusion programs were getting really big. And so I was working for a major engineering, worldwide engineering company, and they decided that they wanted to have a women's conference for women. So they brought the top 100 women from the offices all over the world to a place. And we all kind of freaked out a bit because we were all used to being the only one. And here we are in a room full of 100 women. Like, I've got to wait in line at the bathroom. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That never happens at work events for me. And so it was just... It was kind of odd, but it did give me my first real opportunity to start getting a little more comfortable in that environment. And then I think the other piece is that the place where I was serving in Proverbs 31 made it such a safe space. Um, There were other women in the bigger Proverbs organization who thought like me and who who had some of those kind of strategic and visionary ideas. And then even within the area that I was began to gravitate towards some others that were there. So I think that's part of it is finding other people like you, because there's more than you think there are finding other women who think strategically or think as a, in a, in a project and linear way, because they're there. You just have to find all your other Enneagram one and three people and then, uh, (laughs) and move on, move on with them. And I think also the leadership there was, um, you know, Melissa Taylor is the, is the director of online Bible studies and first five there. And at the time she was just learning to be a leader as she started, but one of her hallmarks that I always think of is that she never gives up on people. She, um, we, we butted heads a little bit at the beginning and had to have some hard conversations, but she never gave up on me. She saw value in what I brought. I saw value in the ministry she was leading. And we both had to come from that place of trusting each other to develop a relationship where we're now the closest of friends. And so I think that's another thing is finding a place where you can find that, that safe space that, that loves you and cares about you and values what you bring unconditionally and is willing to go through the hard spaces and to fight for your place there. You, you don't want to think about the idea that you, I've got to fight for my space, but but it's not really that it's really fighting for the relationship, fighting for the opportunity to hold it all together until God blooms it into something that's, that's really beautiful and precious and something that would have been lost. If either of us had said, Oh, this is too hard. I'm giving up on this fight through it, get to the point where you can build that trusting relationship, because that's, what's going to allow you to continue to serve and use your gifts in a different way. Something that I've talked about here on the podcast um, a little bit is imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. 
do you think that played a part in in any of that as well? Yeah, I do because I think I felt very different. Um, and then as I, as I, you know, I think that's also a, kind of a self-centered thought, you know, that, oh, I'm so different. There's nobody else like me. I'm, you know, I'm the only one. In reality, that wasn't true. In reality, there were other people who thought like me. Um, and it's great that we have different types of brains that all think in different ways and we come out with a better outcome when we do that. But yes, imposter syndrome definitely played a, a role for a, a while as I thought, well, you know, I'm not, I don't have those kind of words or I don't, you know, whatever. I don't fit in. I don't think like that. I don't, you know, my ideas um, sometimes have been a little, um, maybe ahead of their time. I don't know how to say this right, but they weren't ready to, but they didn't have the capacity to take on the things that I wanted to do. And so I just had to kind of like wait and say, okay, wait, we'll just take this a little bit slower one step at a time, instead of just charging in and making everybody else crazy. Right. So I had to learn to work with, to not just say, oh, you guys need to accept me for who I am, but I had to accept who they were and how God was using their gifts in the group and and let us all work together to become one thing that was de is definitely greater than the sum of our parts for sure. Oh, I love that. It, imposter syndrome is something that I mean, I think everybody deals with it and everybody deals with yeah. it in different ways and and I know it it creeps up for me in in certain areas and one of those areas is is like talking about like a ministry and, and like talking about like Bible verses and things of that nature, because I don't feel confident. Like, I, I don't know. I can't quote scripture. I can't like, I, I'm just, those are things I'm not good at. Um, but I, you know, but I know like, I, I love the Lord and I, um, love to be in his, in his presence. And I love to be with his people and I love to share his, share that. But then in certain situations, it's that imposter syndrome of like, but I don't, I can't, I can't quote a verse for you. I can't like, I, like yeah, I go I, through that, that kind of, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was actually at a, at a retreat a couple of weeks ago and there were a couple of, of pastor's wives and a, a, a young woman who was her husband, she and her husband were just starting to plant a church. And like one of her fears was that she, you know, she doesn't know exactly if somebody comes to her with a question, she doesn't know exactly within the Bible where it is. And, um, and one of the other more experienced women told her, it doesn't matter. Just say, I know it's in there somewhere. I know it's there. And what you do when you do that is you force that person to go find it for themselves. And then how much more rich and meaningful is it to that person when they find it for themselves than when you quoted it for me. Now you may say, I know it's in the Psalms or I, I know it was, you know, I know it's like later in one of Paul's letters or something. Just give them, you know, if you can just, you can just get them on the path to their own self-discovery for their own discovery of what God's word brings, then um, it's going to be a better, even better experience for them than if you just laid it all out. And because then it's your experience, right? It's just your experience. And that's the part that we have. We all, whether we can memorize scripture or write beautiful words 
or, or give fluffy speeches, inspiring speeches. We all have our own story. We all have, we all have what God has done for us and done in us and through us. And so when we just, when we share that, that can be the Bible that people need. That can be the word from the Lord that they need is what God has done in and through us. And then that leads them to want to know more about him. And then they go find all the Bible verses in the, in the words, right? So as long as we are faithfully representing what God has done through us, um, then in, in ways that are authentic, but also accurate to his word, then we're leading people into his word and we don't have to worry about memorizing. Well, we, I mean, we should, we should worry about memorizing all those verses, right? We should memorize them and know God's word and have it in our heart and all that's, all that's important, but it's not necessary to have the whole Bible memorized and have, be able to quote every verse right on the spot when, when someone needs it, lead them into the word, let them discover it for themselves. Thank you. I needed that advice this morning. <laughs> All right. Well, as we wrap up our time together, uh, why don't you, why don't you, can you, can you kind of run down like your socials, like where can people find you and connect with you, um, on, on the internet? Uh, do a new thing everywhere. So the website is do a new thing.com at do a new thing on Facebook and Instagram. And then the podcast is just one simple thing. Um, and then at the website, I have a resource page that has all the information about the mastermind courses, other stuff, just all kinds of things. I've been, like I said, I've been doing this for seven years. So there's a ton of free webinars and things on there that I've done on different topics. So I'd love to have you come and, um, and visit me there. Awesome. I know I was perusing the resources last night. Uh, <laughs> so uh, looking at, cause, cause you have a lot of resources on here too, about like your preferred partners with like mm -hmm. some different things. Cause, cause I was looking to update some social stuff, myself website mm -hmm. and all that jazz. I was like, well, what we have here, let me go see if there's something that's beneficial for me. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I appreciate that list. That helps Good. me a lot. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you were fine. Well, hope you find some. Those are all the preferred partners are all people that I have worked directly with. And I just got to a place um, earlier this year where I felt like, you know, I don't want to promote just every little thing that comes along. I want to just only focus on one trusted partner in each area of this kind of online space that um, is trusted and people can, can get help from them. So those are my partners. Those are my girls, the ones I've, uh, my, those are my ride or die girls mainly. <laughs> Love that. All right. Well, Krista, thank you so much for being part of the Connect the Dots podcast today. I look forward to continuing our conversation uh, as we go along as well. And, uh, and thank you so much again. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad we finally got to do this. <laughs> yes, it's long overdue. I'm so happy. <laughs> Thank you again to Krista for sharing with us today. You can find the link to her website, her Instagram, her podcast, all of that stuff is in the show notes. I am so grateful for that continued connection I have with Krista, and I look forward to seeing what other amazing things she creates in the future. So as we close today, I want you to remember that you were loved, you are worthy, and there are great things ahead for you in this life if you trust and believe in the Lord. We'll see you next week. Bye!